it's Wednesday. I don't know how you've been feeling, but I haven't been feeling the best. This weather has certainly taken its toll on my being. Being someone who is asthmatic, you know, this humidity to me. Stay here, and this is the sound of black and brown. Well, now that we have, you know, gotten updated on our health and everything, we're just going to cut right to it. We had a lot that happened yesterday at the local primaries. You know, um, for those of us who participated, who supported, you know, there was a lot that happened. Some results were not so surprising, whereas other things were like, hmm, what the fuck? You know, there were quite a few WTF moments, you know, and one has to really, really What's in your ballot? Do you really feel confident in who is going up for these roles and positions? Like, how are you feeling? Do you feel like your black and brown people are being represented, your needs, I should say? Do you feel like represented? I mean, I'm asking these questions because, you know, we've been talking a lot on the show about conservatism, the rise of Republican extremism which is real. It's really, really happening. I mean, right there in Florida, you have a great example of this conservative behavior that is just really, really out of control right now. You know, look at what Ron DeSantis has been allowed and able to do in such a short, short, short period of time, just like that. He didn't even have to break a sweat. Okay. And look at how much damage he has caused in such a short, period of time. Now, even if you do not live in Florida, right, does that mean that what's happening there will not happen in your town? I don't know, man. I beg to differ. I think that, you know, black and brown people really need to take take a step back. We still have time. We still have time to figure out, is this what and who we want to represent us? In my humble little Trinity opinion, to find out where the left is in these elections, because quite frankly, what I have been noting is that while I say they're about democracy, that Republican extremism and the conservatism on both sides is taking precedent. I see Manny just joined in. Manny, what are you doing? You know, I'm trying to live after election day. I'm here. I'm. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Manny, you already came out with a bad attitude. Sometimes we try, we try to tell you about your attitude. You know, it's it's the Hispanic in me. It's the. It's I'm just the... saying. So I was just sharing, Manny. You know, for me, like the last few days, you know, here on the sound of black and brown, we're grassroots as grassroots will be. I'm going to tell you right now, if you have sensitive hearing to certain things, if you are a fried person or a black or brown person who doesn't want to admit that maybe I sold out a tad, you might want to go do something else because we're not going to be holding it back, right? There's a lot that happened yesterday. I was just sharing that for me, the humidity, you know, but who cares about climate change, right? But the humidity, all of that really messed with my asthma. So, I've been laying low a little bit, but then local elections, the primaries happen, and here we are, Manny. Here we are. I can't wait. I'm going to turn over to you now because I'm excited to hear from you as a younger soul. Give us a job, first of all, overall, how you felt yesterday. 
you know, yesterday for me personally was quite an eventful day. It, it truly, truly was. Um, you know, everyone knows I'm politically evolved. You know, I'm going to be out there on the front line. Buzz early in the morning, um, about eight o'clock in the morning at my polls in Fairhaven, my poll station. Um, and, you know, out there with the Alder candidate. You know, being pollstander, I mean, I went early to go cast my vote. My first time voting in an election, right, it was really actually special for me. Um, but, you know, I was out there pollstanding, was out there till about 1030, went to class, got out of class at three, went back to the polls, right, all the way up. At, I mean, I was doing um, the Chatham location, uh, 197 Chatham, um, that's like for like 15 area um yeah so out 197 chatham and i'm out there you know with the uh candidate i was supporting and being post in there and just having conversations with people sometimes you know i love doing that on election day you get to hear why people are voting who they're voting for why they're voting for them right because um, we all know me right prior to like uh, the primaries i was always talking about you know, why do people are, you know, why are people going to vote for a specific person? So, you know, right there and then on like the actual day and like, you know, uh, 75, 80, 90 feet away from the entrance to, to go catch your vote. I want to like talk right there and then and hear why they're voting for who are they're voting for. Right. Um, whether it was the candidate I was supporting or not. Right. I mean, regardless, you know, I don't do that biased thing. Right. Whoever, just tell me why you're voting for them, right? Because um, in, in a lot of conversations I had, right, even then, people don't really know why they're voting for the person. So well, that's well, let me like, jump in there. I love that you're bringing this up because so I'm a, I'm gonna just kick off the bullshit. Someone at one of the the polling stations visited, you know, um, someone who's running for mayor out there in Hamden. Uh, Walter Morton, he actually attempted to get someone to change their vote after she voted. Right? Until you describe your day yesterday, and I'm saying to myself, look at what this young soul is doing. You actually wanted to know, what am I missing here, Manny? Like, isn't it a federal offense to do something like that? And how come it sounds to me like you sounded like a lone ranger on that mission. Does that sound about right? Well, I mean, if it isn't a federal offense, then why are we sitting here as a nation um, trying to get Donald Trump prosecuted? You know, <laughs> I mean, I have a national example of what happens when you try and tamper with votes. Come on now, people. It's and let me it's... let me just add this, right? This person, he has a lot of support from Hamden, the Hamden Crime Watchers group, heavy Republican, and they were they're pissed right now because he didn't get the primary. They're really pissed off. So here's that Republican extremism. So going back to your experience at the poll booth, right? In general, what was that feel like? Like, in general, what were people went out for? Like the yeah, so um what I what I was hearing was um 
Someone knows someone who knows the candidate. Someone knows someone who knows the candidate. I know the candidate, right? It, it was really just based off of familiarity, right? But then, you know, again, I sit there and I question them. Okay, that's all fine and dandy. Your cousin knows this the candidate or your aunt's cousin, your aunt's nephew's boyfriend's daughter, you know, like all these different things. Yeah, that's all fine and stuff. Okay, you know them. But why are you voting for them to represent you? That's a different thing, right? So now asking that question to people, I was getting some answers, you know, um, like, oh, well, I really do believe they're going to fix the sidewalks. Or I really feel like, you know, the programs they said they're going to advocate for are good programs. And I actually want to see those programs. Okay, that's good. Um, or I even got, well, the track record. You know, this person has a record of service in the community. And they did this and they did that and that accomplishment, whatever. Okay, sure, that's fine. Yeah, so it was really, uh, it was a mixture of you know, track record of the candidates, um, familiarity, um, and then some things uh, and believing in the things that the candidates said either they believed in or that they were going to um, work to do. Wow, that sounds amazing. So I see through fifths. That's really good, Manny, because we're going to get back to that because I want to hear from three fifths now. So just now starting off here, three-fifths, I already warned everybody, if you are a fragile white person or, you know, a sellout who, a black or brown sellout who's sensitive, once again, we'll give you that moment to leave. But in the meantime, the three of us are going to continue this conversation. In your opinion, three-fifths, just in a general sense, why do you feel like people Ed, are you able to unmute? I don't know. Let me see. I think he's having a little tech. So, Manny, going back to you while we figure him out, you know, that's a lot there. I know where I was at. That was a very similar, similar theme there. You know, people came out due to familiarity, um, that big long word that we just messed up. But in, in that sense, like, they had to be familiar candidate, they had to know who they were, to have a general sense that they were about the issues. But here's where I have an issue. I don't know, I don't know who was really about the issues. I don't know. I feel kind of conflicted. Like I feel like, you know, the fact that right here in good old New Haven, I still have no idea what Justin Elliker's campaign manager looked like. <laughs> I I still don't know. That person, that person could walk past me at Stop and Shop and I'll have no clue whatsoever, right? But I feel like people voted for whom they were familiar with. You know, they figured like I'll stay comfortable. It was a mix of that, in my opinion. You know, staying comfortable. It was a mix of, well, maybe this person is really going to do this. Um, I feel like in New Haven, though, it didn't matter in my opinion. It didn't matter how much you believe in person B, that person A, because of that machine, was going to take it. How you... Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I share the sentiment of that current candidates. I know, I knew where they stand, right? I know where they stand. I know what they want to do. Such and such, such and such, and then for it's. I, I don't know at all what your actual <laughs> motives are. Because, you know, everyone says this, 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 that, that, that. I want to do this. I want to do that. But come on, let's be honest. Do they end up doing that? Absolutely not. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you can... Wait a minute, Manny. Can, That's you interesting. Tell. You're only 18 years old. That's a little on the concern inside. For an 18-year-old to confidently say that, that's concerning to me. Absolutely. Can you just pause for a cause and tell, say more why you feel that way? I'm, I refer to it as the Yale machine. And I feel like once the Yale machine goes into action, that's where you really have to be a little creative. So if your strategy is to match the machine, it's not going to work. Right. And quite frankly, right now, I'm wondering if we should just speed dial Beyonce because I don't know where the left is. Help me out here, Manny. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, you're right. The fact that I'm 18 years old, I can say confidently that, listen, some candidates, they say some things, they say what they stand for or whatever. But we all know good and true that either one, they don't really believe in those things. Or two, they're just, they're not, they're not going to do them. They're just not. Right. And so, yes, you know, the fact that I'm 18 saying that is because, again, people, you know, as many times as I've, I've emphasized this, it doesn't take much. It's not hard to really just sit there and look. Because that's all you have to do. Sit there, look, and you'll see it. You'll see it blatantly right in your face. Right. Look at when a lot of these elected officials did their campaigns, what they said they were going to do, what they believed in, and then actually look at their terms in office. Right. What was what they supported, what they didn't support. Come on now. I mean, a lot of the times you're going to see match up, you know, what they did in turn right during their terms and then what they said to do during their campaigns. Right. Now, you're going to see a lot of times that during their campaigns, they said things that they knew good, well, and true were going to attract voters and going to get them support when they actually get elected and they're serving their terms. Well, now they're not necessarily concerned about that support. Yeah, I mean, they don't want everyone hating them, so they'll do a couple of things. But a lot of those promises that they made on the campaign trail delivering on them. And we're not talking about, okay, because I already know people, they're going to be like, well, you can't expect them to get it done in one term or two terms. Okay, sure, fine, fair. I'm talking about the elected officials who are on their 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th term. You know? Every campaign... Uh, you know, year, year campaigning, they're saying pretty much the same thing or variations of the same things. And again, 
term, eighth term, seventh term, and come on, where where what are we seeing, right? So, yeah, I'm eighteen or whatever, but it really, it's just a matter of looking, looking, observing, right? Comparing, contrasting. I mean, come on, these are very basic skills, people. So you have to do. Well, wait a minute now. Hold up. Pause. Here's a couple of things, right? Let me start here. First of all, in comparison, for lack of a better term, to the average 18-year-old, your political insight is very different. It's not at the average level. 18-year-olds, unfortunately, black and brown, in my opinion, are very disconnected from social justice in general, much less not as interested in politics, especially, and this is not because they, you know, they even had an opportunity to like it or dislike it. See, your age group is the one that had to deal with COVID, right? So what you'll find is you'll find more of the folks in your age group will be less concerned about social justice because for most of them, there was no social justice in their house. Mommy or daddy still had to figure out how to pay and keep a roof over everybody's head. That's one piece, but I'll get back to that. The other piece in terms of the history of voting and elections, and you align that with black and brown education. One of the chains that they use to keep us repressed and oppressed is education. There's a reason why they decided strategically to pull the trade education out of these high schools. They did that purposely to fund things like Branford Hall and, and was it on Stone Academy and all these different for-profit agencies that really just exploited the community when the proper solution would have been, okay, if we want to educate adults who are returning to school, then let's expand our adult ed program. But they didn't do that. Instead, somebody had a bulb idea and said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, say we're about education, get elected, and we're going to cut that program. See, this is what I'm saying. I might need to text Beyonce and ask her where the left is. Because even though New Haven, Connecticut in particular, I'm talking about now, claims to be about all this progress, there's a couple of repressive, digressive things that happen in the city politically consistently. Why do we have the same people from the same not-for-profit organizations serving at major decision-making tables. Why does why is not a problem? Where's the representation of the community there? Where's the representation of the community in other elected positions such as the Board of Alders? If we keep having the same person returning into that role, what's going to change? Right? And then we have the Yale machine. I'm going to see if Ed's sound came back. Ed, you with us or are you still having some sound issues over there? I don't know. I don't see his microphone on mutant, so we're just going to keep going, and when he could chime in, he'll bless us. So, in my opinion, right, 
right here, right now, and this is something we spoke about a lot these last few episodes, the conservatism, because here's another thing that happens. She just said, click to me, right? You know, they say what they have to say, they get it, and then they, they go back and they do something different. My friend, that's conservatism in action right there. That's what that is. Okay? I'm going to say what I have to say, but then when I get there, I'm not left enough. I don't want to, you know, you know, we really have to think about this and we really have to think about that. Let's talk about Lauren Garrett in Hamden. She's an example of that. She exploited the crap out of the Black Lives Matter movement to get elected into office. She even won the primary because really, in that case in Hamden, it's so fucked up over there. Imagine her being like that and nobody wanting that role. That's, that's pretty sad. But is people don't want to run for these offices or is it that there are obstacles on the way there? You also just mentioned, Manny, you know, the lack of zest. It sounds like people weren't really hopeful. That's the tone that I got on my side. Like, I'm just here to vote at the primary, you know, it's just a thing to do. In your opinion, in a general sense, what could be done to improve that as, you know, in your, from your perspective? Um, sorry for me, you broke out a little bit. Improve what the whole voter participation and everything else. What do you feel could have been could be done to improve that from what you? So, okay, this is something that I haven't seen in Ward 15 until yesterday, and I was, I mean, I was so happy, like, honestly, euphoric. I really, I use that word really sincerely. Ward 15 yesterday. Um, I, now I, I've been, I've been in Ward 15 going on, I think five years now, right? And every year, every election year, I'm there, 197 Chatham, right? Seeing the voter turnout, right? And just the overall atmosphere of voters. And yesterday, was unlike any other time and the time that I've, all the times that I've been uh, at the polling place when it came to voters. And that made me so happy because there were over, and I know for other wars, this is a small number, but that's a whole different thing. So there were over 300 voters um, yesterday in Ward 15, right? Um, mine, I think, in the last municipal, um, uh, election for like mayor and stuff. Uh, the total vote for one uh, for Ward 15, I think only came out to like 89 around there. All right. So automatically, it again, we're over, I think it was 300, uh, might have been like 311 uh, total yesterday. And so there were so many people coming out and people bring in their family members, people bring in their friends. There were, you know, people were coming out of the poll station, right? Voters coming out of the poll station and they're sitting on the corners and they're talking to the candidates and talking to each other and music is playing and people are smiling and they're happy and, and hopeful. And that's what I saw yesterday. And, you know, yeah, my legs and my feet were killing me because, you know, all the day. But you know what? I care because 
again, you know, knowing how politically involved and politically inclined I am, right, to see that, just the voters, and I'm talking about from all different types of ages, right? But, and but different, let me, here's uh, the question though, Manny. What can be yeah. done to even double that number? Because while that sounds great, that that's not what would be happening in other parts of New Haven. Absolutely. So like, can you, can you give me some insight from your perspective? What can be done to improve that in your so what what needs to be done one uh people if people don't really have hope in the candidates they're not going to come out and they're not going to get their people to come out so the candidates really 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 need to focus on how are you to stand out and not only just stand out but really get the voters to likely support you and and want to bring out their people for you you know so, so there needs to be, and now I guess the question is, well, how does the candidate do that, right? Or like, what types of things? Now that that's what makes it tricky. Well, right? ho hold on, I'm gonna let you marinate on that for a second. I want to do a quick sound test with Ed. Three fifths. You want to chime in really quick? What was your overall sense about? Ed? Can you hear me now? You sound a little fuzzy. Hello, Manny. Can you hear him? He sounds, uh, yeah, fuzzy, like, like really far away. Try yeah. um, leaving and come back. Try it again. I know we're having tech issues because this weather is a. Mm. So Manny, I started. I started with the education piece just now, talking about how that affects voting turnout. Right. The reason why I say that is because when you look at the South, you know, one of the lesser. Um, in that, well, let me rephrase that. In that area, in general, education in Black and Brown communities is not right the schools look even worse than out here if that is even a thing apparently so down there and the general, and the general level of education there is not to the level that it is here we also look at literacy rate you know throughout time there's a reason why they decided to take so long to educate black and brown people never forget now you mentioned that people just need to pay attention you're not wrong but let me remind you for your age to have that perception is unique okay to have that connection is unique most young people because you know you're 18 years old you're living life you're enjoying whatever that means right so in general most people in your age group right now they're not thinking about that which is why i like to hear your opinion because you're unique in that sense but also one thing later what might seem obvious to you from your lived experience, education, and knowledge might not be so obvious to someone else. Because when you're a single parent or someone who's incarcerated, or maybe not even a parent, just someone down in and you're black and brown, or brown, sorry, you're black or brown, and all the odds, you can't get assistance, nobody wanna hear you hire you, what else? One of the last things you really think about is educating yourself on a candidate in terms of sitting in front of a computer and doing research because you're too busy trying to live. And in my opinion, that right there is a huge fucking problem. And it's by design. Because really, when you think about how do they decide 
who to appeal to. All these are lists based on who's registered with which party, that contact information, stuff like that. So what about the people who are unaffiliated? They don't matter. So just because I don't have an affiliation, you're not going to knock on my door and hear my opinion. But if I had an affiliation, you would chase me down. What's wrong with that picture? The of marketing. What's wrong with the picture of how we even get to the point of even running for office? Right? That's a whole other part of the conversation. So while to you, and this is no disrespect. I mean, like I said, it's all compliments. In your perspective, just pay attention. Might seem second nature, but in reality, especially right now post-COVID and people surviving that and the recession that they're pretending like not is that's not happening. While people are surviving, trying to figure out, should I buy chicken or should I pay my gas bill? Should I, you know, pump up gas or like what should I do with myself? I have to make these decisions. My life just so for people like that, doing this level of research where you, and especially because you're savvy to that level, you're the kind of person, you know, um, who will not just hear about the candidate, but actually research them. Again, that's a hell of a thing. You might find it to be no big deal, but I'm trying to tell you, it's bigger than you think. Right, especially for those in your age group and even the ones older than me. There are some people who are so committed to the values they were raised upon. It doesn't matter if that candidate is better. And so how do we break that barrier, Manny? Can you let me know how you feel about Yeah, you're right. You know, that that is something that Again, with, with me being the hopeful person that I am and like seeing everyone, I saw everyone is, you know, <laughs> I see the untapped potential in people. That That is something I do, right? And so I, I begin to speak and say certain things with that in mind. But again, but I, I do forget that in context, you, you do have to take account that and there are people again, especially like I said, especially in my age, right? Um, and and again, I'll see that like even the older um, demographic of people, right, the older population, um, that you know, doing things like researching or like trying to find more out about candidate or you know, looking at their you know their track record, all that stuff, that it it isn't something that uh, one they are like. Um, privy to right they're king um but two i mean a lot of times again like i said it's not even something that they either one know they can do or you know know how to do it so, so that's very true right um and and i i do definitely uh want to acknowledge that um and, and you're right like I, I do i want to um echo something you said right that among my age group you know being privy to politics and and you know all that is not something you know you see or even being privy to the social justice right movement and all that right that is not that is not you 
usually we just would see, you know, um, people my age group being like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I know about it and this and this and that and all that, right? So, yeah, I definitely, I want to acknowledge that, right? Definitely validate it. Um, and so, but again, in saying that, it's like, that's why I go around and I encourage people like, you know, this is something you can do, right? You can look them up more about them. Okay, now that you know you can, how, right? This is how there's a different mediums you can use in different ways and methods. Um, but again, also having to acknowledge the fact that even though you can tell them, you, you know, that they can or you tell them how, what I've come to find now voters is sort of mouth communication and advertising right for candidates usually is one of the most prominent um, ways that a lot of voters get their opinions stances and perspectives on uh, the candidates right it'll be like oh well so and so down the street told me this 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 about him or so-and-so warned me about anyone who says this, 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 right? So you also have to take that in account when we talk about you know, voter turnout and why they're, they're, they're naming or a certain group of people So wait a minute, let me more. pause you right there. With that, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing that up. But while you're in that space, stay right there. In a general sense, overall, not just your area, I want you to think across the United States. Do you feel that you could really say right here in 2023 after us surviving COVID and all that went with that do you feel like the needs and the concerns of the black and brown people are really presented no okay <laughs> all right well wait 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 wait, wait, wait Paul. now when you say that right what would you say needs to happen to improve that and can that we need better candidates we need better people representing us um that's that's really what we need what we but need what do you mean by uh, so i know i know what you mean but for the folks who don't know when you say that the needs because you've mentioned this we've talked about this repeatedly mm -hmm. right we're not seeing people really representing right the people can you just expand on that like what are the needs that you see this election cycle if you had to name four tell me four things any candidate out of the state should be really talking okay actual housing affordability not, not you know just saying housing affordability and knocking down the price a couple hundred dollars no 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 <laughs> actual housing affordability for all people, all people, undocumented people, African-Americans, right? Um, uh, our Hispanics, right? Because undocumented is not just Hispanics, right? We have other immigrants that are here <laughs> from different countries. So our Hispanic population. So yeah, so uh, education, education. We need a big improvement on education in this city. Absolutely. 
Um, third, um, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna kind of put like an umbrella term on this because you know there's a couple of things that fit into it. So resources like human, like basic resources like food, clothing, you know things like that. So that right, so so the availability of that and increasing that. So resources, um, and then, uh, I'm tied between. I'm tied between uh, an increase in and the creation of actual programs that help uh, teens, homeless people, right? And um, individuals who just need access to better programs. So I'm tied between that and then infrastructure. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. I see you. I see you, Manny Camacho, who's going to be a future leader, elected leader. I see that. So I'm going to go with the Abraham Maslow way, right? The basic needs, food, shelter, right? Belonging, things, the real basic stuff, opinion, education, those things, right? Because really and truly, in my opinion, most people right now, they're talking around a lot of shit. Really, they're, they're talking to you, but they're, they're saying what they feel like you want to hear. And where we get lost at is that we get scared to hold these people accountable. So, you know, the thing about that is you don't just elect the person into office and say, yay, bye, and wave them off like they're about to go on, you know, on a trip or some shit. We're not at the airport. You need to sit there and hold this person accountable, right? We have a lot of people. I love what you mentioned there with, you know, the, um, how do you say that? Just, just these basic needs, because it is an umbrella. And that's why I say, I'm just going to refer to the, you know, hierarchy of needs from Abraham Maslow. I don't see anybody appealing to those senses, right? We have some real basic needs that need to get addressed. I love what you said about housing. Everybody should have access to housing. This should not be, well, we'll deal with housing here and there. Now, one of the things affecting this is the lack of knowledge beyond participating in the elect election process. Beyond that, I feel like in general, people are very disconnected from how they could really pressure these lawmakers to uphold the democracy claim that they will uphold once elected, right? And when you're going up to against like the Yale machine, you gotta do better than just saying your hopes and dreams. This is not a fairy tale here, right? I wanna see some real long-term plans. I wanna see some decisions, very pointed decisions. Like I want someone to say something like, you know what? We're tired of the lack of representation. And what I'm gonna do when I get into office, I'm gonna make sure that we sit down, we're gonna review these different boards and commissions, we're gonna look at people's tenures and we're gonna start making some damn decisions. Because if you've been on the same board for the last 15 years, we don't need you. 
Because you guess what you're doing? You're just sitting there. You're just a face now. We need people who will actually do something. Sometimes when you do something over and over and over, you get stagnant. It's just human nature, right? And we need to also put meaning into that term, representation, because re-electing the same person repeatedly representation. That's just you all being fucking lazy. Let me just tell you all that. That's just you all being lazy, right? And if we're going to say lives matter and all these lovely things that we love to say about we care about immigrants and all this other nice, lovely jargon that we love to use, then that shit should matter when you get to poll booth. Don't just vote for that person because you're bored. Challenge them. Don't wait until the day of election to show up and want to break bread and shit. This is not a picnic. This is people's lives. Right now we have people living in tents. We have brothers and sisters, working people living in hotels. We have some people who can't even fucking retire because it's not that they don't want to retire. It's that they're worried that if they retire, who's going to pay that light bill? It's real out here. Rents are going up. There's no more room to just not pay attention. And I'm going to just get that job at 7-Eleven. No. All right. Even Walmart's starting to ask for certifications now. So we need to press on these elected officials. When you cast your vote, you got to know what's in your ballot, man. You got to know. You got to be adventurous enough to press and ask these questions. You heard what he said. And, you know, Manny, again, I'm not trying to chastise you, but you're unique in your ideology as an 18-year-old. The average 18-year-old is not going to be one to sit here and diagnose and recognize these things. Because, again, on a daily basis, the average 18-year-old, whether by life, media, society, you know, their focus is just not there. Later in life, when it becomes apparent that they need to or realize or someone told them or whatever may happen, then they'll click. But your perspective is unique. And, you know, hence the reason why very, you know, because to be of your age and so astute is quite unique in this regard. Now, what the people my age now, if you're wondering how old I am, I'll just give you a reference. Just get that picture of the Last Supper, the black one, of course, right? Um, and just look to the back left. That's me. I'm right there. I'm, I'm holding water or some shit. But the point is, what my generation and older need to do, we need to be better listeners, okay? <laughs> Say what now? We need to be way better listeners, good at that. We're very convicted in our ways, a lot of us. We're very ready to persecute, punish, and dismiss, and judge. And really what we're doing is what's been done to us. I spoke about the lack of education. That did impact voting because when you can't, when you're not literate, right, how would you know how to research? If you were never asked to or this was a skill given to you, of course you're not going to know. They did a lot. These white people these white supremacists, the extreme Republicans, and the conservatives, they put a lot of effort into gatekeeping democracy. Now, I'm going to look at you. How do you feel about that right there? Republican, extremists, and conservatives gatekeeping democracy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And yes. I mean, come on, yes. It's just, you know, like like I've said multiple times, right? 
conservatism in this country since the foundation, since the founding of this country, has been sustained, retained, developed, advanced, and just kept on changing. So you keep on going because the people in power who are conservative, right, understand this. As I said before, would do anything they can to keep that conservatism going. But what are the effects of that? Like you said, gatekeeps democracy, real democracy, right? It really does. Because as we listen, as we saw, right, with the black codes. The slaves had gotten their freedom, right? Slavery abolished. But look at what conservatives, right? This, all these people who are in, in very in the heart of conservatism, right? In the South. What did they do? So that the democracy, right? This freedom that the slaves had just received was now limited and controlled and restricted. Right? So, yeah, we have democracy. But that democracy is gatekept. It's, it's limited. It's controlled. Yes, it is. Pause right there. Check this out. Watch this math right here, right? Now, <laughs> I'm about to do an equation here. What does the dollar store signify? I'll tell you what it signifies. It shows a different type of economy. It is the poor and the working class, right? That's what, that's what they say it is, okay? Now, here's the thing with the dollar store. I don't know how often there, but right now, you know, that was the general image. That's, that's the thing. It was made for the poor and the working class, but then COVID happens. And then the poor and the working class became a huge demographic. So now we had the dollar twenty-five store. Okay, I ain't gonna lie to you. When I first went in, I thought they added taxes on everything. I was like, oh wow, this is new. I didn't realize they raised the price like that. You know, I had to laugh at my own damn self. But, right? If you know the political background of the dollar, it is Republican. I don't know if you knew that. It has Republican ties. And now it's going to become the dollar or more store, something like that. What do you think that's going to do? It's just going to boost the inflation that's already drawing the wedge between the working poor and poor and, the, you know, those who don't have to worry about their light bill. See, it's the wealth gap. It's the reinvention of the wealth gap. Why is that happening? Because... Right now, the rich people who didn't do shit, some of them, not all of them, because some of them work really hard to get where they are, but some didn't. And, you know, their brains are not there. So they're trying to do well, right? You also have the fact that there's so many more poor people now. It's a good time to create that. Because guess what? That's going to give a perfect playing field for the Republican extremism, right? 
as well as that conservatism. And that's what's playing out right now. There's going to be a lot of elected candidates from the primaries who are going to bait and switch. I guarantee you that. What the fuck did I just say? I meant that they're going to say, yes, I care about education. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm going to show up at this tenant rally. Yes, I'm going to make sure the camera gets me from every angle. Hello, Dusted Elliker. And I'm going to make sure, in, you know, newspapers and everywhere else read and seen. It's done by design. But then when I get into office, I'm going to act like, well, you know, we really can't afford to and start all of that. How do you feel about that, Manny? Where do we go from here? How can people really find out what? Um, so or more I mean... so, why should they? Okay, okay. So that that sentence that you said right that conservatism gatekeeps democracy all right what's on your ballot will determine how city is run what's available in your what's what is available what won't be available to you right um <laughs> i don't you know again people don't no, understand you're right that. you're right because here's the yeah. thing here's the thing if the left was really present in democracy. And when I say the left, we have a lot of white liberals and alleged progressives running around. Malcolm told us, be wary of the white liberals. This is where the left comes into play. Because I guarantee you, if if people are upheld to these alleged progressive socialist values they claim to value, and we have who are more left wing, right? We wouldn't have to be worried dollar store going up to five dollars because what's going to happen is that five and below is now selling items that are above five dollars so you see the inflation is happening in different direction that wealth gap is going to get bigger and bigger if someone from the left was in office the focus would be different from the jump and this reciprocal effect like i love what you said about resources because one of the most underfunded and most ignored sectors of government is the Department of Labor. I mean, come the fuck on. And I'm not talking about just talking about workers' rights. I'm talking about why are our departments of labor so outdated? Okay? Why is it they only offer certain types of jobs? Why are they so under-supported? Right? But yet, yet, even in the midst of a struggle, and despite watching Randy Cox and George Floyd get brutalized, we still sat here eating popcorn and watched our elected officials put more money into criminal justice. But then when the time is right and our feet feel good, we run out and say Black Lives Matter. See the contradictory there? You can't just say it, post about it, right? Racism matters in real life. It's not just a social media thing. Okay, when you're sitting there on the job and you act like you didn't just see being harassed or treated badly, congratulations, you're part of the problem. When you're sitting there and you hear someone and see or see someone or both doing some real racist shit, but doing it subliminally, person up, playing videos that are inappropriate, you know just making them feel uncomfortable in their skin, in their being, and you don't say nothing or you say, you know, that's just how it is here. You're part of the problem. 
When you sit there and you let things like the machine take over, you're part of the problem. We won't see the changes as we face it. Remember James Baldwin talked about that, right? So you and I have been talking about this conservatism, and we just saw what happened in the primaries. We've talked tonight about, you know, what needs to happen. People can educate it. In your thought, right, like from your perspective, from now till the elections, what can people really do if you were missing an action and you just want to kind of figure out where to be? What would you Sorry, you broke up a bit there. I was asking... In this coming election, because this was just the primaries, right? So now we know who's running on what line and so forth. For the folks who might not have been staying attuned to everything and a little lost in the source or just don't know how, what would you advise to them as far as how, you know, build that knowledge about what is in there? Yeah. Um, So, again, I mean, because, you know, uh, candidates are still going to be going around knocking on doors and stuff, right? If you have a candidate who comes up to you, right, or even just sees you in public or you see them, um, you know, either they come to you or go up to them and, and you know, ask them, hey, should you win, right? What can I expect from you? What type of, of, of things are you, laws are you trying to place, right? Policies, programs, right? Talk to them. See what it is, right? See what they say, right? Um, Talk to other candidates or even talk to, right, talk to your neighbors. Talk to, I mean, a lot of you, I don't think a lot of people realize that your neighbor who either could live next door to you or across the street from you, right, or two, three houses down, like, they know things, but you know, Danny, they, they that's know. That's a great things. idea, but I want you to put this into perspective. Remember, 2023, post-COVID. Some of us are still trying to figure out our social skills again, believe it or not, especially those of us who are a little older or might have like disabilities or other medical things that happened that kept us a little confined, a little longer or a little more than others. You know, some of us, we're still, like the driving has not been very, you know, motivating. You, you really don't want to socialize. So I feel like that's great. But we should add that this is a good opportunity to get to know your community all over again. Like yeah. really get to know your community. You know what I mean? Sure, because I think people are scared, right? Yeah. Like I said, you, your, as for your young soul, you don't know. Like I get the feedback. Is he really 18? Yes, he's really 18, right? So I don't know if you realize that. I really don't think you do. And you're quite astute and you're not, you know, your perspective is great. None of these, there's no complaints here, but it's unique. Not many of your age group. So I feel like you know, in terms of engaging people, voter participation and engagement, post-COVID, people need to re-strategize because what's happening now is the same tricks are being used. And actually, the voter participation, if you were to ask me, it's declining, right? People are less intrigued because they're saying, well, what difference does it make? And we need to we need to address that because that's problematic. That feeds into the yeah. Republican extremism and the conservatism, don't you think? Absolutely. Definitely does. Definitely does. Right. So I would say, you know, um, the, the one thing that you can always own is looking it up. 
Um, and and this is something I have to do, right? There's going to be words and terms, right, um, that you're not familiar with. Look them up too, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've gone down a tangent of like open tabs, right? Just looking up what words mean, right? And and <laughs> trying to just figure out because again, another strategy pops to use, all the jargon stuff, that's a whole different thing, right? So that you don't really understand what's being said to use all these fancy words and terms and all this stuff. So, you know, um it's it's okay that, you know, to have 25 tabs, you know, of looking at words. I mean, listen, I've done it so many times, you know, so it's okay. So, YouTube, but one thing you go is a lie on. I'm a YouTuber, right? Yeah, you know, looking on videos, seeing, yeah, and there's lots of videos, social of like, media, right? Yeah, because you know, think about it if you media. put in some of these names, you might find out some shit they didn't really talk about. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> you, you might find out about Becky with the good hair. I don't know. But I feel like that's another thing I noticed too, that none of these people really emphasize voter education. No. How are you chastising somebody for not participating when you didn't even remind them or, you know, mm -hmm. have the humility to encourage them to learn? I, I don't know. I'm a big person. Who, I, I believe in, I'm a big believer in that. And I feel like it's very telling, you know, this is why I can't, because I'll do dumb shit like that. Like part of my campaign will actually be on educating you on how to figure me out because I would want you to be confident in me. Yes. And I would want you to know, like, listen, I've, I've spent a lifetime calling people out, but if you call me out on you know, let, let's go there because there's a difference between calling out bullshit versus just being an asshole, right? Because right. you could, you could, you know, do the latter and get nowhere, whereas the, the former was with purpose, right? But I feel like it's very, very telling, especially in the age of Trump and Ron DeSantis, and you've seen all the bad behavior, but you're not hearing not one soul say, well, here's how you could engage yourself in this process. If you don't know where to go, here's where to, you know, here's how you could research a candidate. Nobody wants, and that's very interesting and telling to me at the same time. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, listen, I, 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 I actually agree with you with that. Like, even when I run, right, I, I would uh, have that whole thing on like educating voters. Right. Uh, but I also, I so very much agree with you about the, the accountability thing, right? Like, yeah, hold me accountable if I ever do or something's not right or whatever. There's a difference between holding me accountable and then just wanting to like get on my nerves and, and just, just be that type of person. Right. So I definitely, uh, right. And echo that here's indeed. the thing considering what we all just survived, right? Including the price gas and I feel like and milk I find that it was very strategic that everybody shied away peace in fact true to form when you hold these people accountable they gaslight the fuck out of you believe that unless you're in their circle they'll gatekeep you and gaslight you to keep you you know in check right that's one of the key codes of white supremacy when you can't control it burn it down and don't get fooled if that person does that, because they will. Because right now it's about saving their, their piece of land.
That's what I need my black and brown people to wake up, right? Well, there's some white people who say they woke, and I, I just want to know what coffee you're drinking because you seem asleep. That's just me. Because if you're going to say words like I'm a grassroots this and grassroots that, that has to have action. And I think that most of us in community, black and brown communities, we've allowed white people to exploit us and our narrative, just us as a, you know, thing in so many different ways. It's normal. Get there's different ways to be racist, or at least they don't know that. So the education piece is huge on different layers. Before we sign out tonight, Manny. As always, right, uh, especially the primaries, um, I, I really, I want people to, edu you know, be educated. What's on the ballot? Uh, the candidates, um, you know, really, really be solid or as solid as you can be when casting your vote come November, right? Um, I want people to understand the power, the real, real power behind your vote. It's important tools you have in this country. It's, um, so I really want people to take pride in that, to know that, you know, um, but aside from that, again, um, you know, uh, our candidates are going to be there. They're going to become state officials or whatever. But, but uh, I want people to know that there are other individuals out here in the community, the cities, who are not elected officials, right, who are not candidates, who deserve just as much support right, as the candidate, as the elected official, right, um, our activists, our uh, community leaders, our organization, you know, people who are part of organizations, nonprofit organizations, right, um, so many of those people, um, they, they need support too, they really do, uh, <laughs> you won't, you don't realize how much support means to a person, right especially in this movement right? justice movement where there's so many difficulties so your support right your appreciation you showing them gratitude right and just saying like hey i believe in you you're doing a great job simple as that gosh it goes such a long way right so um Go ahead, be confident in your ability to, you know, uh, elect someone who will serve you um, the best way you, you think they can, uh, but support those who are, right, who are also doing really great things in your community because they can make uh, sometimes even more of a difference than our elected officials. So always know that, uh, know that you yourself have the power to do the very exact same uh, on any form, on any level. And uh, well, you'll know where you'll find me. I'll be on the front lines as always, getting on someone's nerve. You know, this is why having him here, you know, I'm speaking to my generation and those after me, and even to some in his, right? This is why we need these voices to be heard. I can't thank my for to come out and share his opinions. Just so you all know, I've said this before, this is not scripted. We talk, 
we share thoughts, we break bread. We don't always agree, but sometimes we do. But the whole point here is to bring these thoughts here in this space, right? I want to say to those in my generation and older, let's be better listeners, right? And, you know, let's not lean on being critical because we're scared of change, because that's part of what's keeping back our progress. Also to younger folks, I need you all to be better listeners too. You know, yeah, we might be annoying and sometimes smelly, but the truth is, you know, we have a lot to offer in terms of, you know, knowledge. And you can't know where you're going unless you know where you've been, right? So hearing from us, hearing about our struggles should help you and understand what needs to happen next. So the listening piece is critical on both sides. It's really important that people understand what your ballot does and also know the power of your ballot goes beyond election day. You can't just elect people into office and stare at them. As he pointed out, there are some other people who may not be elected into office, but are quite influential in the laws, challenging and holding these people accountable. So what we need you all to do is to empower and protect them. And if you're not sure, like I say to the white people all the time, you know, let's, let's have these conversations. Let's figure it out. But don't just say it matters when it's trending. Our progress goes beyond social impact, right? It takes meaning when we decide collectively we're going to challenge and change this shit. There's a risk in lie and tell you it's going to be easy because then I'll be lying to all of us. Somebody's gonna, not going to like it. Somebody's going to be uncomfortable. What? Our ancestors did what? They believed. We need to believe again. We are, believe it or not, our ancestors' wildest dreams. I don't know if you knew that about yourself, but now you do. So, let's go through the primary elections. You still have a chance. YouTube, social media, do like a Google search. Talk to your neighbors. Learn, learn people all over again, right? Figure out what you really, really want and not just figure out what you want by what they're presenting, but I want you all, I'm challenging you all to really consider, will this person accept accountability? Will they actually do what they say, what they're advertising, or will this be a bait and switch? I want you to think about that before you cast your vote, because there's a lot in your ballot. I can't thank you enough for your continued support, increment, and empowerment. Your solidarity is so important to us. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. And listen, if nobody told you yet for the week, I know I was missing in action. Listen, this this, this heat out here was real, man. It was hotter than the devil. Toenails, right? People, people had to cope with that. But we here now, and we always going to be here. And we love that you all continue to support us, encourage us, you know, give us that pep talk and keep us going. It's so, so, so important. We can't do what we do without you. So thank you. Thank you, Manny. For now, fist up, smile on. Peace.